visiting with us. Hope you feel super duper at home. But sometimes there's some family stuff, and um, that's what I mentioned over the last couple of weeks is that God sends people to this church for a season. And we see them trained and equipped, we see them restored and healed, and then they go on to do the next thing that God has for them. And so uh, I mentioned a few weeks ago that we had, we had a prayer meeting here on a Sunday night, and I was like, I hadn't actually thought about it. I was like, I'd love to pray for just different countries, continents of the world. So I sent out a text message and literally got video messages back from people on, on every continent on the planet that have gone out from this church. It's been amazing. It's, it's God's DNA in this local church. There are some that are called to... Um, be part of the core of this thing and be part of the training and equipping of others. And others are called in for a season to be trained and equipped and then be sent to do what God has them to do. And so um, today is Lauren and Bruce's last Sunday with us. And it's a particular like bummer for us a little bit because Bruce is my cousin. We grew up together and um, it really is uh, Bruce and Lauren have also been part of our home group and um, It's been amazing to see them as well, not only come into the church and and find their space, but also to minister. Bruce, for both of you guys, but maybe just you first, I want to say thank you so much for the way that you've pushed the boundaries in worship. You've trusted God for more, bro. You've never stuck to just the script. In fact, if you get given a script, you like start banging your head on your guitar and you want to like, what do you say? You want to reverse your car over (laughs) over your guitar in the parking lot. Thank you so much, bro, for the, the space you brought to our worship experiences as well. And the way you've been so courageous like that has been amazing, dude. Really, really, you've left such a deposit here and a challenge for all of us, right, with regards to worship. And Lauren, I know it's been a while um, because it's been a little bit busy this year, but there is such a gift on your life. Um, I remember watching you when we came, I was just before COVID or just after COVID, just after COVID when you were telling some of the stories to the kids, but in a corporate setting. And I really do feel like God has got a a big voice for you, Lauren. You haven't been created to be someone who sits in the background. Um, I think God has got spheres of influence for you to speak into. And um, I know that's terrifying. As an introvert myself, right? I mean, here I am, right? I'm stuck here, so you've got no excuse. But I wonder if we can just pray for Bruce and Lauren today. Guys, you know, it's such a blessing. They're going to plet and they're going to go turn it on its head and do like this stuff. We've been talking a bit about it as a home group. Um, I don't want to ask them to come up here and embarrass them. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to say a huge thank you and wanted to pray for you guys. And um, I know that plet is going to be better off for you guys being there. It's, it's so bittersweet, the privilege of walking and growing together, but also the privilege of sending, knowing that that place will be, be better off because you guys are there. So I wonder if we can just pray for Bruce and Lauren quick. Lord, thank you for this incredible couple. Lord, I thank you for your hand on them. For James and Courtney as well, Lord. Thank you that you've gone ahead, Lord, and opened so many doors. Lord, thank you for Bruce's and Lauren's testimony at, at Connect Group of just like every time something got stuck, you just opened the door, Lord. You just, you went ahead of them every single step of the way. And Lord, I want to thank you so much for the privilege of being able to uh, walk so closely with them here. But Lord, I pray quickly you open new doors for them. I'm in plate, Lord, that this river, Lord, that they are, would be able to flow there as well in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that 
Lord, that you would open spheres for Lauren to speak into in Jesus' name, Lord. That you would find her spaces, Lord. Find people to lead and to love and to care for, Lord, in Jesus' name. And for Bruce, Lord, I pray that you would protect that heart, Lord, of worship and devotion to you. And that river would run, Lord. I pray for a release of songwriting as well over his life. In Jesus' name, Lord, that as he spends time in the secret place, Lord, that river would continue, even as it has flown at a level, Lord, that it would continue to flow, Lord God, as you've called him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All righty. Please can you open your Bibles with me to 2 Samuel 23. So I know I'm still a kid. I'm still a youngster. I think I'm still a youngster. Some of you youngsters look at me and go, you're an old fart. Okay, legit. But I feel you. But I would like to have, if I can, I'd like to have a fatherly chat with the church today, if I can. Okay? Because we're about to go into the festive season. Okay, so I want to talk to us from the scripture and encourage us and strengthen us and make sure that we stay fresh and encouraged and rested and we come back next year from whatever the break looks like feeling super pumped. So not that I presume to be anybody's father or anything like that. I'm just saying like sort of fatherly if I can a little bit. So that's kind of the angle I'm, yes, okay, to a couple of people, not to you guys. I won't be, yes, I'm your dad, but take it whence it comes. I think as we go into this festive season, there's, there is a, it's hardwired inside of us. We kind of have this thing that um, it's going to be a season of rest and refreshing, even if it isn't. Even if you break up from work, or your work closes on the 23rd, and you go back on the 27th, you still kind of have got massive hopes for those three days, <laughs> right? Food hopes, relational hopes, sleep hopes refreshing hope, whatever it is, but there's this kind of, at least a desire that it'll be a time of rest and refreshing. So I'd like to read you this text from 2 Samuel 23, from verse 13. 2 Samuel 23, from verse 13. It says, during harvest time, three of the 30 chief warriors came down to David at the cave of Adullam. Now, this is when David's running from Saul. So he's been kicked out, and he's got these mighty men with him, and he is camped out at a cave called Adullam, which is in the mountains and far away, and Saul doesn't know where he is. So these, the, chief, the three of the 30 chief warriors came down to David at the cave of Adullam, while a band of Philistines were camped in the, village, in the valley of Rephaim. At the time, David was in the stronghold, and the Philistine garrison was at Bethlehem. David longed for water and said, Oh, that someone would get me a drink of water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem. Okay? So check what these oaks do, these three guys. So the three mighty warriors broke through the Philistine lines, drew water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem, and carried it back to David. But he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out before the Lord. Far be it from me, Lord, to do this. He said, is it not the blood of men who went at the risk of their lives? And David would not drink it. If I was those three guys, I would have been so bummed. I'd be like, dude, come on, bro. We, like, we did all of that. Like the least you could have done is just drink the flipping water, man. Come on. But I want to talk today about David's desire. Because, friends, I feel like, and it's going to probably be a little bit of a different kind of sermon if you like. Maybe it's just Nadine's overflow from last week. If, if you went here last week, please hop on the web and listen to Nadine's sermon around the prophetic. It was really good last week. But I'd like to preach a kind of a prophetic sermon if I can. 
I'd like to talk about a longing to drink from the life of God as Christians. And do we still long to drink from the fresh, clear, cool waters of the life of God? Because, friends, I feel like it's so easy for us in all the pressure that goes on. Is every now and then maybe we feel like we drink from another source, from something else. And then that becomes the new norm. And then we start drinking dirty water. And then we start drinking other things. And eventually, we wonder why God has promised us surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life as we drink of the life of God. But as we drink this stuff of, of this, this water that's not of God, it's like sickness and guilt and condemnation become our companions instead of goodness and mercy. And we wonder why. Because, so wherever David was at that time, whatever he was drinking, he dreamed about the waters of the wells of Bethlehem. And I'd, I'd like to talk about that to us today and challenge us a little bit, friends, because it's so easy for us as Christians to allow our desire and our longing and allow our expectation of the life of God to drop until eventually we get so used to drinking the slop and the, the, the dirty water and the lukewarm that it becomes normal for us. And we live these lives that, that don't express the life of God at any level. Psalm 23, 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy, I mentioned it, will follow me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Friends, that's, that is a promise from God. That's, that's kind of the norm that he wants to call us. That I live my life that it's like, yes, goodness and mercy are like those two yapping chihuahuas. Bro. They're like at my heels the whole time. Like, just enough goodness and mercy. They're just chasing me. Goodness. In the times when I feel pinched, the goodness of God is there for me. When I, when I mess up and I make mistakes and I fall, that I know that God's mercy is pursuing me. His mercy chases me. I run from him. His mercy chases me. I hide. His mercy is under the bed with me. Looking at me going, what are we going to do? Psalm 119, 148. It's like a psalm. My eyes stay open through the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promises. It can also be translated, I lie awake at night thinking about your word. Now, friends, I'm a human being. It is not often that I lie in my bed at night dreaming about the Bible and what God's word has said. But I want to. I want God's word to be the thing that keeps me awake at night. How often is it our anxieties that keep us awake at night? Or our relational conflicts that we haven't sorted out? Or our concerns for the future? Whatever the things are, those are the things that keep us awake at night. And scripture says the only thing that should be keeping us awake at night is the goodness of God's word as we go, there's no ways it's possible. It's so flippin' good. Like, it sounds a little bit out there, doesn't it? I want to talk about the life of God today and what it looks like. So as we head into these holidays, this time of refreshing, there are also a time where we can let our God down. We find ourselves vulnerable. And what happens is we don't guard these streams, of the streams, the rivers of God into our lives. And therefore, we find ourselves sick. And so I'd like to talk about four streams. Put the airplane down, and then we have coffee. And we have the most rested and refreshing time, right? 
So the first stream I want to talk about is generosity. A stream to defend. There's multiple currencies in our life, friends. When I talk about generosity, money is one of them. But there's financial currency in your life. There's emotional currency, spiritual currency, mental currency, time currency, relational currencies. All these different currencies that exist in our lives. And it's so easy for us to go into overdraft on one to prop up another one. And not be, and not be aware that we've gotten into that space. It's so funny, this, whilst this is known kind of as a season of rest, the festive season, it's also kind of a expected, it's a season where generosity is expected of us. If you've got kids, you know what I'm talking about? And now with take a lot, it's even worse. You know what I mean? Because they can browse for their presence. <laughs> That's the world is so big. There's a perception that it's a season of generosity. But you know what I've come to see, friends, is that generosity in itself is something that can't be forced. Generosity should be a response to the goodness of God. And the reason I'm saying this is I'm, I want to go in a very specific direction. Remember I said, like, I want to be a little bit of a pops today, talk about this thing. Getting into debt is not being generous. On any one of those currencies. Getting into debt is not being generous. In fact, it's the complete opposite of being generous. Because it's not your money. It's not your time. If it doesn't belong to you and you give it, it's not being generous. I remember once in our old church... They had a building project for one of the campuses they were setting up. And Cindy and I, instead of going before God and saying, what do we have? What do we have available? We were just like, oh, we'll just give them some money about a credit card. How long did it take us to pay that money? And it wasn't like a massive amount, but it was just like this flipping amount. It was the worst thing we ever did because it was faithless. It wasn't our money to give. And friends, during this time, be aware that not all of your time is your time to give to things. Some of that time belongs to your spouse. Some of that time belongs to your kids. Some of that time belongs to Jesus. Some of that time belongs to friends. And it's so easy for us just to give our time away. I know it's a busy time of year work-wise. I get that. We're finishing off the year and budgets and blah, blah, blah. I get that. But friends, just, you're not being generous by giving your work more time. You're not being generous to your family by earning more and taking time away from them. Sometimes we invest our, our hearts and our emotions into the wrong stuff, and so we don't have enough emotion left for those who most need it. Dad gets home and he's just like, I just need space. It's not our emotion to give away those areas. Getting into debt is not being generous. Sometimes it's not our headspace to give. Thinking about a whole bunch of stuff or entertaining new stuff or just processing more stuff and taking on more stuff and there's less space in our minds to be able to make decisions about the future. The things that are important get pushed to the side and the things that aren't important are clouding our minds. 
Bible's very clear that when we are faithful with little, God has promised that he can entrust us with much. So I want to say again, willfully getting into unnecessary debt is not being faithful. And I use two words there very carefully, willfully and unnecessary, because I do understand we live in a world where buying a car, buying a house, this. I do understand debt at that, at that level. But please, friends, please, if you want to keep the river of God flowing into your life, make sure that you've got margin to be generous because if there is no outflow, all that happens is there can only be an inflow and something that only has an inflow and no outflow is already stagnant. The flies have begun to lay their eggs. It's begun to get green and slimy. The frogs have started to mutate. Do you ever watch Piranha? No? But they were putting acid sludge in that dam, and the piranha was the size of a whale, people. It was tragic. <laughs> I don't know how we got it. You know, the thing about being so easy to climb into debt, it shows that we have another stream that we are prepared to drink from as a backup because we don't completely trust God. Proverbs 22.7 says, The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is a slave to the lender. And Scripture is so clear that when we get into that space, we've entered a form of slavery. It seems like a river in the immediate, but it will make us sick in the long term. Trusting God for our provision whilst being generous allows the life of God to flow through us. My sister, once she flew in from England, she lives in England, so she arrives, and she'd set a budget for my Christmas present, but she didn't know what to get me, because I hadn't spoken to her in a few years, and so I open my Christmas present, and it's juggling balls, <laughs> three juggling balls. I have never had a propensity towards clowning, <laughs> juggling, I'm like, what are what? She's like... I had a budget. I went to the shop at the airport. They caught my eye. <laughs> Do you know it's the only gift from my sister I remember her ever giving me? <laughs> Generosity is from the heart. The fact that she took the time at the airport, you know. But what did I, what did I say here? I said a gift given so that it elevates our status in someone's eyes is no gift at all. It's manipulation. That's not a gift. To try and give our kids gifts that we can't afford, to try and make ourselves feel like good parents, friends, is not giving them gifts at all. Sorry, it's just gone a bit heavy. We're going here, right? Because we need to talk about this stuff, guys. Keeping a good river into our lives. Buying my wife a gift because I love her and want her to be happy rather than buying her a gift because I want to get lucky. I'm talking honestly today, guys. Keeping a clean river running into my heart and generosity running out from my life. You know, it's so easy when you, when you feel like you don't have enough emotion, you don't have enough time, you don't have enough whatever, to go and try and close the output tap. But Scripture promises us that the issue is not here, the issue is here. And we go to the source to receive. Because you close the tap, it does nothing about the input. It will eventually just dry up. 
We need to go to the source and allow God to fill us. Over this festive season, allocate some time to be generous with your words, friends. Please, allocate some time to be generous with your words. Generous with your time with your kids. I know we get tired. Eden has got me on a building project with her. And we are busy working on a a project over the next three days. And then I'll be hopefully free off the back of that. (laughs) But we're going to be doing this thing together. It's driving around all over Joburg yesterday, trying to get the materials. Be generous with your resources. I know times can be tight, friends, but it doesn't have to be ridiculously lavish. You're inviting someone around for a cup of coffee, sending a WhatsApp message. God's given you some measure of resource. Don't eat all your seed. Have some seed to eat and some seed to sow. There's a young guy this week whose marriage is in a bit of a sketchy place. And when he phoned and he started telling me about it, everything inside of me was like, and I, and I told him this as well. So I'm not, I'm not talking behind his back at all. But um, and my heart just sunk. I was like, I don't have the emotional capacity to listen to this phone call right now at all. But we came and we met together. And as we met and we spent like an hour together talking through the you know, I walked away so full. Because God, he sees, like, Lord, I don't have. But silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have, yeah. And as you do, you will see the life of God in ways you have not yet seen. So that's the first one, generosity. Second one is people. There's all kinds of people who are around us, friends, who are rivers into our world But as we've seen, not all rivers are running with the life of God. 1 Corinthians 15, I'm talking specifically about this festive season if I can, right? 1 Corinthians 15 says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. For there are some who are ignorant of God. And I say this to your shame. The point I'm picking up is bad company corrupts good character. And friends, it's amazing to me how many of us still allow our circles or the people who speak into our lives to develop organically or just by chemistry. And so we allow anyone to speak into our worlds. And what happens is because we haven't architected and been intentional about who we allow to speak into our worlds, we generally gravitate towards the lowest common denominator, the people who are moaning about the same stuff we moan about. And especially in this season, Because we've got some bosses to moan about, some colleagues to moan about, the government to moan about. There's lots of stuff to complain about. There's nothing wrong with having friends and having a good grumble sometimes. But the people who are close to us, right, are these kind of people. Hebrews 10, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as someone in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. The word spur there. You know the cowboy? And the, it's not always like, oh, John, you're so special. Sometimes encouragement doesn't come that way. Sometimes it comes like, dude, what's wrong with you? Every time you open your mouth at the moment, you're moaning. Did you forget that Jesus loves you? Have you forgotten that he's for you? Have you forgotten that he has a hope in the future? It's like, thanks, Simon. <coughs> I'm just going to go lie down and hug myself for a bit. <laughs> just crushed my inner child. Yeah. But intentionally putting a circle around us. Friends, over this Christmas period, it's so easy for us just to let it go. 
Guard your circle. Please guard your circle. Guard those rivers in. There are people who are rivers that we run into, and there are people who are rivers that run into our lives, and we need to know the difference. As Christians, we are in the world and not of the world. Yes, we are rivers out. But be careful of letting the dirt and the muck and whatever run in to our worlds. Conduits, these friends around us, when we look for Christians, brothers and sisters, guys who speak honestly, guys who love us and walk with us in our connect groups. These are conduits of the life of God into our worlds. They are not always those with whom we have a natural chemistry, I've come to see. And they're not always the easiest relationships, I've also come to see. But they are completely necessary. These are people that God has given us gifts to hold us and to be a river into our worlds. They're not impressed or intimidated by us. They love us. Keep investing in the circle God has given you, and you'll find the life of God is never far from you. I had a friend who leads a church somewhere in town, which you remain anonymous, and over COVID, he would just go on Instagram or Facebook Live and shoot his mouth off about everything. And one day I phoned him and I was like, Brew, people think that you speak for us because we're in the same church network. So when are you going to stop acting like a complicated older brother and start acting like a father and realize that people are listening to what you say and you're causing people to stumble? <laughs> the next Facebook Live, <laughs> he was tuning me on the Facebook Live. But we had breakfast together a while ago and he said, he's like, hey bro, I really appreciate that. He said, don't make it a habit. But I, I appreciate what you said there. Like it's important, guys. It's important. Clear rivers running into our lives. What is the water that we're drinking? The third one. I can't see a clock anywhere, so how am I doing for time? I've got seven minutes left. Thanks, Ams. Oh, the clock didn't go with your day call. Welcome to the Anderson household. <laughs> you think I can find anything? <laughs> if it doesn't go with the decor, whoops, it's gone. <laughs> Babes, where are my clothes? They didn't go with the cupboard's decor. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Guys, time's nearly gone, so I'm just, I'm going to speak about the third one. I'll leave the fourth one. But the third one I want to talk about is our disciplines as a river into our world. A river to God into our world. I spoke about the discipline of thanksgiving a few weeks ago, of living in that space. And there are specific disciplines, and, and I'm using these words very on purpose because it can sound so brutal and judgy, but it's not brutal and judgy. It's just God knows what the river looks like into our world. No one goes, yo, that those river banks are really being so restrictive to that poor river. If it wasn't for the banks, the river wouldn't get from the mountains to the sea. It would just turn into a marshland. And there are specific disciplines that God has commanded to ensure that we remain well-watered as a sheep because he wants us to be well-watered and he wants us to drink from fresh, clear water. In Proverbs chapter 5, Solomon says, Drink water from your own cistern, running water from your own well. Should your springs overflow in the streets, your streams of water in the public squares, no, let them be yours alone, never to be shared with strangers. And here's the thing. When we get tired... 
our disciplines begin to drop and we can have illegitimate rivers begin to leak into our world. You know, like when a sewer overflows and all of a sudden that river that's running down the street, as you go through it, you regret the fact that you drove through that because it wasn't a fire hydrant that you just, water you just drove through. Because fire hydrants don't have little brown logs <laughs> floating in them. I've mentioned a few of these before, but here's some disciplines, friends, to guard the rivers into our worlds and to make sure that we stay strong and we don't get sick. If social media and the internet are louder in our world than God's word, we are drinking from the wrong cistern. I've got no problem with us, social media, internet. I'm a learner. Like, Wikipedia is my homepage. But if it's louder than God's word, we're going to get sick because we're drinking from the wrong cistern. If there's another member of the opposite gender that excites you more than your spouse, you're drinking from the wrong cistern. If there's a group of people we love to complain with, we are drinking from the wrong cistern. If there is a vice that we are using as a coping mechanism, alcohol, pornography, anger, withdrawal, manipulation, we're drinking from the wrong cistern. I got no problem with alcohol, by the way, just to let you know. I'm an ex-druggie, so I don't drink, right? Because I don't want to sell my kids to Nigerians. If you're Nigerian here today, sorry, it's it's a euphemism, right? But I did speak to a policeman this week. I was talking to him, he came to, anyway, I was talking to this guy. And you know what he said? He said he wishes we could go back to the way it was in New Year's, end of 2020, beginning of 2021. He said alcohol was banned. He said it was the quietest night they've ever had as the police. He said there was almost zero crime. They sat playing cards at the police station. Friend, don't be the Christmas turkey yourself this year. You hear what I'm saying? Disciplines. Like the world is watching. And what are we what are we drinking? Drinking from these rivers or cisterns, illegitimate ones, can make us sick. They promise refreshing in the moment, but friends, they deliver guilt and condemnation. They undermine our confidence and they make us feel ashamed. Can't look our friends in the face. Drink from God's word. If you are married, drink from your spouse. Instead of complaining, drink from the time of prayer and gratitude as you spend time with the Lord. If you're struggling with a vice, drink from the... Friends, the good friends that you have around you, share with them, talk to them. That's why we say get into a home group. Have the honest conversations. Don't live at peace with this sewer that's just dripping into your world and making you sick. Our disciplines are like water filters that ensure only pure life of God flows into our lives. And I know it seems difficult when we're tired, but it is so much easier than picking up the pieces after the fact. Can I pray for us? As I promise you, my heart has been all love this morning because I want to start next year as strong as possible. And God wants to refresh us. And so often we can sit and why do I feel like I'm in this space? Or what have we been drinking? What's been the river in? Lord, I thank you that your word is so clear to us. 
Lord, I pray for anyone who's felt judged or condemned. Lord, I pray for freedom this morning. Lord, that hasn't been my intent. You know that, Lord. But I pray you would bring conviction to us in Jesus' name. Lord, set a hunger inside our hearts for your word. Lord, give us faith again that when we spend time with you, that you would speak. Lord, give us courage to speak to others, Lord. Give us courage, Lord, when we look and we don't feel like we have very much. And generosity seems so hard. Thank you, Lord God, that you are our source. You are the only river. You are the one true river. You are the one who flows, Lord God. You are the one who gives us all we need for life and godliness. That surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord. I pray for rest and refreshing in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. If you would like to take this further, you can start by going to our website. There you'll find previous sermons, our banking details, and a place to contact us, as well as a place to find out more about who we are. If you consider yourself as part of Centre Church, we'd like to thank you so much for your contributions and your partnership. Thank you so much for joining us, and have an awesome week.